Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 24 of the Take a Swig podcast. This is Swig. We're coming at you with some hot takes and cold beers uh, a couple weeks into the offseason now after the Super Bowl, getting into free agency. Uh, there's been a lot of activity on the trade market, uh, a lot of players moving around. It's been really fun to watch, and uh, we're excited to get into it. Uh, normally, I have Blake with me, as you guys are all aware by now, but he's unable to record tonight. So got a familiar guest in to fill in for him. We got Nick back with us. Nick, thanks for joining again. I'm glad to be back as usual. Uh, unfortunately, Blake's not here, so it's going to be a little different, but I'm glad to be able to fill his role. He does a great job, um, but I think I can do a little better. So, Blake, come for your spot. All right. Well, I'll have to like I'll have to put you guys through some sort of competition for that. Great. <laughs> like a quiz. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of quiz, like a sparkle quiz or something. <laughs> I like it. But uh, I, thanks again for filling in. How's, how are you doing so far here? Are you excited to get into this a little bit? Yeah, you know, pretty uh, long month from the Super Bowl loss still hurts. Uh, Going to hurt for a while. So I'm uh, kind of glad that everything's shifting focus to something else rather than all the memes towards the Eagles. Still going <laughs> to happen, but, you know, I'm glad to have my focus shift other uh, other ways. Yeah, I would be if I were you too. Like we, we, I know we've taken a little break here in between recapping the Super Bowl and the start of the offseason because I didn't think there was a ton to get into in between. And we also just wanted to give you a chance to get some therapy. And before you came back on the show, it was a lot of therapy, a lot of money wasted through those. Well, hopefully it wasn't wasted, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I definitely understand your point. Hopefully it's uh, a, a little bit less fresh now, but uh, so for anyone listening, I, I know that uh, you know, we, we got March Madness coming up and we'll do, we'll talk about that a little bit at the end for fun, but the football part of this, uh, we're going to recap the teams that gave out franchise tags to certain players uh, there were six in this free agency cycle. And then we're going to talk about uh, the big trade at the top of the NFL draft where the Carolina Panthers moved up to the first overall pick with Chicago. And then after that, talk about some of the trades that have happened and a little bit of the free agency market and go from there. So want to start off, dive into the franchise tags, if that works for you. Works, works great for me. So whenever you're ready. All right, perfect. Well, so for anyone who uh, might not be familiar that's listening to this, so uh, what the franchise tag does is, so uh, the league year in the NFL, free agency always starts in March, and every team has the option to put the franchise tag on one player that would give them uh, an extra four months into July to negotiate a long-term deal if they can't come to one before that, if they aren't able to come to an agreement on a longer-term contract, which is the idea, then the player has the option to play out the, the franchise tag, which is just a, a one-year deal, essentially. Uh, we've seen that before. Uh, players, I guess, do have the right to refuse that. Le'Veon Bell did that a few years ago, but that doesn't normally happen. And then the, the, the franchise tag is worth a different amount depending on the position. So quarterback is the most expensive and I wrote down how it's calculated. So um, the, the way the franchise tag is calculated in terms of how much money it would cost a team to put it on a player, it's calculated by the average of the top five salaries at the player's position from the previous five years applied to the current salary cap. I'm not going to pretend I fully understand that sentence or right. it's, or it's 120% of the player's previous salary. That one I understand whichever number is higher. There are technically multiple types of franchise tags, but uh, the one that was placed on all six of these players that I'll, I'll mention in a minute was called the non-exclusive franchise tag, which technically means that uh, the players can negotiate with other teams. But if they were to agree to terms with another team, that team would have to give up two first round picks in compensation to the team they were on. 
That was a lot. Yeah, I, I was like, okay, let me let that sit for a minute. Uh, did that make sense? I mean, it makes sense for me because I know football, but I can understand where it does. A lot of numbers might need Mr. Slofer from high school to <laughs> go through all those numbers for me. Yeah, I never actually had him. I wish I did. But but yeah, so the short version is whatever the player was making before, it's either 120% of their salary, so a little bit of a raise, or it's calculated on the average of other players at their position uh, in the free agent market. So, uh, for example, the quarterback franchise tag for this year is about $32, $33 million. The, uh, the tag at most other positions is somewhere in the 10 to $12 million range on average. There's exceptions, but th- that that's the gist of it. And uh, th- the six players who were slapped with franchise tags this cycle, there was one quarterback. We, we all know who that is, but one quarterback – uh, two or excuse me, three running backs, a tight end and a defensive tackle. So it was Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. The running backs were Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard and Josh Jacobs for the Giants, Cowboys and Raiders. Evan Ingram was the tight end for the Jaguars and Deron Payne was the defensive tackle for the commanders. And I think that we would agree that Lamar Jackson is by far the most interesting one there. Yeah. It's not even close, but yeah. yeah. And now, and one thing I'll say real quick, I think we would also agree on is uh, of the six players on the, on that list and, and Deron Payne for the commanders has already signed a long-term deal with Washington. So you can eliminate him from the equation. So of the other five, Lamar Jackson is the only one where if another team were to actually sign him, he might be worth the two first round picks they would have to give up. Nobody is going to even consider giving up two first round picks for a running back or a tight end. Correct. Right. So the uh, I'd rather talk about the Ravens situation here for a minute, just because I, I think it's the most interesting by far. The only quarterback who was given the franchise tag in this cycle that the, the Ravens and Lamar have either been trying or have just been unable to come to a long term agreement on a deal for a couple of years now. And were you are you surprised that it, it got to this point where he was given the tag that they haven't been able to work out a long term contract? I'm actually not surprised because um, Lamar is a unique case. Lamar is not the prototypical pocket passer quarterback or even like a quarterback that has mobility. He is so unique that's actually hurt him, I think, because you have to run a specific offense that is tailor-made to his strengths. He's not a a prototypical passer. He's a power run type of quarterback. And you have to run a power offense where a lot of wide receivers don't want to play in. So he doesn't get the playmakers as usual. So you have to hope you draft the right ones, which they kind of hit with Marquise Brown, but he wanted to leave because he wanted to go to a better, a more pro style offense for him to get bigger numbers for himself. So he went to Arizona. He got traded. Rashad Bateman's been uh, dealing with the injury bug. He has some talent, but the point is, you have to uh, tailor made his strengths for an offense, and I can, I know you can say uh, that with a lot of QBs, but his style is so different that I think it's actually hurt him. So the Ravens let him kind of see the open market, and I don't see another team even wanting Lamar because you have to change everything philosophically to fit him, and I just don't see a team giving up two first rounds and paying all that money that he's asking for, according to reports. For to change everything on offense. I just don't see it. Now, part of the reason for all that money is because of how much the Browns and Deshaun Watson fucked the market. And <laughs> you can't really blame Lamar for that. But at the same time, it is what it is, but no one's going to pay for that much for a guy that you have to change everything for. 
Right. I mean, the Browns fucked the market so much it gave uh, all the quarterbacks a happy ending to get like literally. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I just, I just had to throw nice a little Deshaun little joke there. I, I see what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was hoping you to, you'd pick up on that. Yeah. You, Lamar is a weird case because he is a very effective quarterback and he's frankly better than some of the quarterbacks who have gotten big contracts in, in the, uh, in this cycle, whether it be Geno Smith or Derek Carr or Daniel Jones, and we can get into all of them shortly but um but i I do agree that he's almost like he's shoehorned in to certain strengths on offense even more than other say dual threat quarterbacks and the 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 only other one example i can think of off the top of my head that was kind of a precursor for this might be the the year or two with with rg3 and alfred morris in washington yeah no i completely agree because you know what happened once he got hurt and they changed the offense because he wanted to be a pocket passer Right. And, and Lamar is not the biggest guy in the world. He, he missed the Ravens playoff game. He's had some injuries, at least in recent in recent times, I guess, recent months and uh, missed the last few games of the season. I, I don't if he was healthy, but wanted to make sure he got at least a contract before he got a more serious injury. I can't say I necessarily blame him for that. But I, I, I kind of understand it from both sides, because I, I think Lamar is a hell of a quarterback and can and you can have a very effective offense with him but if something were to happen to him and because he runs so much i think he's at a higher risk for injury than the average quarterback although i would argue the ravens have a better offensive line than a lot of teams that might help make up for that it it, it does put a ton of risk in in the whole equation for the ravens and i just i'm i'm not really sure i, I think both sides are really dug in here it hasn't lamar been representing himself during some of these negotiations those is mom that was like him and his mom or something like that. So a family member instead of a typical agent could be, it could be a smart move. It could be slowing down the whole process, but it is a little unique. Yeah. I think, I think it's more hurtful because I think at the end of the day, you're going to take things personal when you're in those meetings um, rather than understand a business point of view, which I get it. He's a competitor and he truly believes in his abilities, which he has every right to, but when you're in those meetings and you're representing yourself, you might take a little bit more offense than what you should. That's fair. But I, I would also at least understand if he has a certain number in mind, and it, I, I know it's just hypothetical, but if he's seeing that Geno Smith and Derek Carr and Daniel Jones all got the 35 to 40 million a year range, he's going to want more than that. And I think that's where some of this stalemate comes from. But I think you'd also make the argument if he's healthy, he is better than those three guys I just mentioned. Oh, yeah, it's not even close. I mean, obviously, like, his range would be past Kyler Murray's contract, who's, what, top three right now? In I think so. Like, there yeah. was the one, there was the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, like, we're thinking quarterbacks who have gotten su- traded and signed for after the Mahomes and Josh Allen deals. I mean, he, I mean, obviously, Lamar is better than Kyler Murray. I mean, that's not a question. And then, obviously, he's better than I – mean, you could argue he's better than Deshaun Watson, and he's done more than Deshaun. Um, so, obviously, he, he thinks that he deserves all that money. But, I mean, at the same time, I think because he is so different, it hurts his value, actually. And it just – it sucks it's that way. But I think that the Ravens are playing it smart and letting him – see the open market and truly see that the Ravens are the only spot he really has. Like he's, they're going to give him money. 
It's yeah. just he might, he's not going to get quite as much. There's a chance he might not get as much as he wants. Now, there are some ar who might argue that this is the Ravens being selfish or not standing by their player it might make them look bad in the future. Do you think there's any merit to that? Or do you think it's more of the, do, or how, how much do you think they'll understand, hey, this is a business. We're trying to, we, we want to win and we think Lamar Jackson can help us do that. But we're also trying to protect ourselves from, uh, you know, not getting the return on the investment they're looking for. I understand the point where like the Ravens are being selfish and this is not how you're supposed to do it to a franchise quarterback. But at the same time, and like we said, it's a business and we got to understand what the market at is at. And you got to understand what Lamar's capability is. And honestly, like if I'm the Ravens, yes, like Lamar's won a unanimous MVP. Yes. He had a great season. He's a great player. He's so unique, so talented, but I've seen him play off time, not much. I've seen important times where Lamar has come short. And that's just the reality of it. I haven't seen him make the big plays in the clutch moments too much to make me feel like, yeah, that's a guy I can win the Super Bowl with. Do I think he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league? Of course. Would I love to have him as a, like my franchise quarterback if I'm a fan? Of course. But if I'm the Ravens, I understand where he's at as a quarterback and what we have to do offensively. And it almost, and it hurts them um, trying to find playmakers and you have to pay accordingly. I just, I don't think that he's worth as much as he's asking for. Um, do I think he'll be the Ravens starting quarterback moving forward? Of course. But I will say they do have a Pro Bowl quarterback right behind him, Tyler Huntley. So you better watch out. <laughs> a, a very deserving Pro Bowl. <laughs> One of the most deserving I've ever seen. Like it was just awesome. I agree. I think it should have been unanimous. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most random Pro Bowl bids I've ever seen. I, I don't. I'm not even trying to hate on Huntley. That was just very strange to me. But I, I mean, I, I'm wondering if there's some sort of sweet spot. Like, I guess just a simpler question: What do you think the odds are that Lamar Jackson ends up uh, like? So three options, I would say. What, what would you put the odds are for he plays out the year on the franchise tag, he sits out entirely, or signs a long-term deal? Those are the three paths, right? Right. I doubt he does the franchise tag because he got hurt um, because and I know that that is a play because of what Kirk Cousins did. He got the fully guaranteed deal uh, from the franchise tag doing it, what, twice in a row? Yeah, he got the franchise tag two years in a row. And then going back to the beginning of this talk here. So the second year he got it, he got 100% of his salary the first year he was on the tag. And then he started that trend when he's first signed with Minnesota, where all quarterbacks started getting fully guaranteed contracts. And it worked out great, but in other situations, you just don't see it working out all the time. So I doubt he plays on the franchise tag unless he truly believes he deserves all that money. I, I doubt it. I think he's really going to take less. I think he just ends up signing with the uh, Ravens. I I just don't see a team giving up two first rounds. Do I think he's worth two first rounds? Yeah, but that means you're changing everything philosophically. I just don't see any team or offense coordinator, head coach willing to do that. I, I just don't see giving up two first rounds being worth all of the changes you're going to have to do on offense to cater to where to that hasn't other than his, I mean, his unanimous MVP season and he's been a very good quarterback, but in playoff time, I haven't seen anything as what one playoff win. I believe so. And, and that was against I would, Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. The, the revenge game against the Titans. 
Yeah, and like his first one as a rookie, obviously that's a rookie year. And then the one unanimous MVP season lost to the six seed Tennessee Titans. That didn't even look good. Wasn't even close that game. And then uh, this after his one win, what lost to the Bills? Didn't look good in that game either. Yep, that, that, I do remember that. I mean, that was like the Saturday night game. And then he didn't play in the playoff game this year against right. Cincinnati. I, I get where you're coming from. Now, now, the one thing I would argue, or at least maybe some people would say is, now you're saying no team would give up two first-round picks for Lamar if they signed him. But it, we mentioned Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, and they both got more than two first-round picks in compensation and got huge contracts. And I'd argue, I, I, I get, I guess hindsight's twenty twenty, where Wilson had a horrible first year in Denver, and Watson is coming off a very unique suspension situation and then didn't look great when he came back. And you could say Lamar Jackson is worth more than both of those two. So, and he like the, the, uh, Denver and Cleveland gave up more than just first round picks for them. Right. And I obviously, I mean, I agree Lamar is better than Russell Wilson. Lamar against Deshaun Watson, a prime Deshaun Watson. It, it's I, For me personally, I think it's actually hard to say which one's better other than the MVP Lamar had. But I mean, with giving up those first two first rounders, I just – Knowing how head coaches are, offense coordinators are, do you really see any of them changing everything to cater to this one player? Changing everything for how they run an offense, how they do everything for this one player. I just don't see it. Um, that's why Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford gets all these first round picks because these offense coordinators are like, look, I can put this passer in there and they can fit my system perfectly. Instead of I have to put this player in and then change everything I normally do for one player. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like the only scenario I could think of for that would be as if a former Ravens offensive, like say coordinator or offensive positional coach ends up as a head coach somewhere else and they want to work with Lamar again. But right. the uh, the Ravens don't even have Greg Roman anymore. And I don't think he's going to get a, uh, a head coaching job in the NFL anytime soon. No, no, probably will. I mean, in fairness, yeah. he doesn't deserve it. But and also, in fairness, yeah. he also didn't have the greatest offense around Lamar. So he, no, he didn't. I mean, I, I don't know how we haven't mentioned him yet, but the, the the number one weapon for Lamar this whole time has been Mark Andrews, the tight end, and he's a he's a great player. It's just a, a unique number one option to have in today's NFL. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like, and but that's also it's a little bit of the Ravens fault for not drafting properly, not finding free agents properly, but it's also a little bit of Lamar's fault for unfortunately being so different that it hurts. Cause you know what? Like other than the, like the cast off free agents that they got, like Sammy Watkins, the whole Des Bryant, like just the cast offs. Do you really see any wide receivers wanting to go play for that type of offense? No, not really. And in, in fairness, they've at least tried with, with Bateman yeah. being a first-round pick and Hollywood Brown being a first-round pick when they had him. And even Devin Duvernay was a, a day-two guy. So it, it's not like they've invested nothing in it. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're still trying, and it's not working out how they want it to. So I think, personally, the way I see it, it's more about the player than everyone else saying that it's him not having the proper weapons. I could see that. I mean, yeah, the, the Ravens very unique. They're, they're always a front office that, uh, and I understand it, they always get a ton of praise after the draft, right? It, it always feels that way. They wait, they let guys who are falling come to them and they get them for perceived good values. And I don't think that's a bad strategy at all. It usually gives them pretty good depth on their roster. They did give out the massive deal to Roquan Smith when they traded for him. 
which is a little different in terms of there's not too many off-ball linebackers getting $20 million a year right now, right? Right. I mean, I agree. I mean, I've always known Ravens to be more focused on defense anyway. I mean, that's just their MO. And then that's also, I mean, I know John Harbaugh came from special teams, but they've always been a defensive team, always. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe Marcus Peters is a free agent right now. They still have Marlon Humphrey back there, but it it does feel like it could be a bit of a transitionary period. Like the, the division is still uh, up there. Like I, I know the Bengals have kind of taken over as the, I, I guess the favorite right now, for lack of a better term, because uh, Baltimore's got to get the Lamar situation figured out. And I think they will. I think he does end up signing a contract, but it could cause some bad blood. Uh, here down the line might strain the relationship the Steelers could improve I th- I, Kenny Pickett showed some flashes Cleveland could get better if Watson gets back to form it's just there's a lot of ifs in that division outside of Cincinnati yeah I mean I think that the Ravens will be right there in there I mean as long as they have Lamar they're going to be a top team I mean Lamar wins this game at the end of the day that's all that matters so he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league that, there's no denying that I, I'm just saying like do we really believe he can win a Super Bowl? I don't know yet. We just haven't seen it yet in the playoffs. Um, but you know he's, they're always going to be a top team. He's always going to be a top five quarterback. It's, it, this contract is just hard with what the Browns did and how they kind of really screwed the market and how he is as a quarterback that is just a lot different than the normal. And it's just been kind of diff, different for the Ravens than what I guess they've been used to with Joe Flacco. <laughs> that big freaking contract yeah uh, it's a very contract very different isn't it like he he say he was uh his joe flacco's last year in in denver or, or last year in baltimore i think was the year lamar got drafted or maybe he got traded to the broncos right before the rookie year or something weird yeah he, he was on the team the rookie year he had because uh, lamar ended up making the playoffs when joe got hurt yep and then they traded him to denver yeah and then they trade him i mean like I saw this uh, interview with Joe. He's like, what am I supposed to do? Like when they asked, how'd you train Lamar? How am I supposed to train QB power? Like, like, how am I supposed to do that? It's just, he is, Lamar is so unique in such a great way, but it's hard to figure out how to put the right pieces around him. And you're not going to tell me that you don't want to see Joe Flacco running a quarterback power offense, right? All the time. I think they should have done that in the Super Bowl a few times. I think so too. I think the Jets should, should have done it when he was starting for them. No, can they hail Mary against the Broncos? Really, if they would have done a power, I think they would have got the touchdown regardless. I think you're right. And it wouldn't have even mattered if the power didn't go out in that Super Bowl. Yeah, see, come on. You set me up for that. Funny, little funny there. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised I remembered that, if I'm being honest. (laughs) Okay, so I I think we've hit on the Ravens enough. I'm very curious to see what happens, though. Uh, Real quick, just wanted to mention uh, the other franchise tags that that were given out. We already mentioned Deron Payne for Washington, signed a long-term deal. So this that his conversation kind of goes out the window for that. But uh, uh, we'll talk about the three running backs real quick with uh, with Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, and Josh Jacobs. Uh, Since those guys have been hit with the tag, we've seen all three of those teams make some changes that have kind of led to that so uh, the Giants signed Daniel Jones to a long-term contract which allowed them to put the tag on Barkley the Cowboys are moving on from Ezekiel Elliott he's being cut and Tony Pollard's going to take over as the number one running back Josh Jacobs had his fifth-year option declined in Vegas had a great year last year and now they don't have car they signed Jimmy Garoppolo which we can get into and now they franchise tag Jacobs were any of those surprising to you do you think uh, uh, what are you looking to see with those three running backs 
Um, nothing was surprising to me, um, especially like, I mean, honestly, uh, with the Giants, I guess you can say the Saquon's more the centerpiece than Jones. But in the Brian Gable system, they just don't value running backs that much, even though Saquon was pretty much the focus of that offense. It's just his system. And with running backs being devalued, you don't really want to pay too much to where the contract comes back to bite you, like Zeke. Um, so, I mean, I'm not really surprised by anything. Um, like you said, Jimmy G going the Raiders. I mean, the McDaniels tie back in New England makes a lot of sense. I can argue they may get a little better than what they had Derek Carr. But, I mean, I think they're just plateauing, in all honesty. Um, what was the others again? So, yeah, it was Saquon, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard for Dallas. Those are the three running backs. And, and since Dallas is moving on from Zeke, I guess if any team needs a center, they could pick him up. Yeah, that was one, his last one as the Cowboys. You know, it was a very – you know, honestly, he can learn from Jason Kelsey. I hope the Eagles pick him up as a center. I, I his snap was really good. I was really impressed. Yeah, he's got a future as a long snapper, if nothing else. You know, they could. All, I mean, honestly, I think Blake is out there for center. If you you should have saw him at the flag football game, he snapped it right to his butt and just fell. Didn't even let go of the ball. Tell me, somebody's got that on camera. I wish. <laughs> Trust me, oh, I man, wish. Come on, it looked like he caught it with his ass. Like he like snapped it, but brought it all the way up to his butt and just stuck there. I mean, the imagery is just excellent. The storytelling <laughs> is painfully right here. <laughs> oh, I can't wait until he listens to this. Um, but the um, and then the last franchise tag that hasn't signed long term yet is Jacksonville with Evan Ingram. What'd you think of that one? I mean, no surprise. I mean, he had a career year. Um, Doug Peters. I mean, I don't believe uh, blame him for wanting to stay in Jacksonville. I probably asked for a little bit too much money. That's why they franchise tagged him. And I mean, Doug Peterson's system. They really value tight ends, as you saw with Evan Ingram. So, uh, no surprise there. I mean, he was a very uh, big focal point of the offense. Yeah, I mean, and I'm I'm not surprised by it. I know that uh, I've said when when Ingram was on the Giants, how much he frustrated the living hell out of me, and I stand by it. But I honestly am happy for him. He always played really hard with the Giants, and when he left, he went to a team I don't hate. So I, I'm not I'm not upset by that at all. And and Doug Peterson, like you said, knows how to utilize tight ends, and it, it really helped him uh, blossom. And 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 I only expect that to continue. And that Jaguars offense, by the way, next year you add all you know, with Trevor Lawrence getting better and all the play makers you had Calvin Ridley to that it could be really really dangerous I forget that Calvin Ridley's coming back that's, right that's, yeah he got reinstated he's and he got traded uh, to Jacksonville a team that he bet against when he was still on the Falcons and what got him suspended in the first place oh yeah I'm, I'm gonna first week of this year I'm betting him to score I have to it just will feel right but it feels on. like just a given of a prop bet right it has to. It just has to. That DraftKings plus 350 or whatever is going to hit like crack. Oh, easily. <laughs> now, one other thing that's been uh, that's happened in the NFL here as the offseason gets into high gear is the Chicago Bears have traded out of the first overall pick. They traded it to the Carolina Panthers, who uh, had number nine overall. So in exchange, the Bears got the ninth overall pick. They got a second rounder this year, which is number 61 overall. Carolina originally had that pick from San Francisco in the Christian McCaffrey trade. They also traded a first round pick in 2024, a second round pick in 2025, and DJ Moore, the wide receiver, who this episode is titled after. What did you make of that trade? Um, For which side? Well, let's let's go with the uh, the Panthers first because they're the team that moved up. So they they uh, get up to the number one pick and their pick of the quarterbacks. 
So a little of the thing where I thought of it, um, I think they gave up a lot, obviously, um, but they were at pick nine. Um, but I think you right now, I think it's a good trade. The reason for it is because people think, oh, the Bears fleece the Panthers. Yes, in terms of the trade package, I guess, yeah, you're right. The Bears fleece the Panthers. But if you believe this is a franchise quarterback, whoever it is, is I think it's either going to be Stroud or Richardson, personally. Maybe Bryce Young, but I truly believe it's going to be Stroud. If you believe Stroud is the franchise quarterback and can be a franchise guy and lead you to the Super Bowl, whatever uh, kind of success you want, it does not matter the package. Because you can fix everything else because you'll get them on a rookie deal. You will have a lot of cap space. Um, and then you can bring eight uh, free agents in. Yeah, you might not have the draft capital, so you're going to have to hit on the later rounds more so. But I, I think at the end of the day, we see if you have a franchise quarterback, you're going to win games, regardless of the talent around you. Obviously, the talent helps, and it will get you farther. But having a franchise quarterback means everything. And so I think, yes, they gave up a lot. It was a, a big hole to jump from 9 to 1 because I've seen other trades that they didn't give up as much for them that far back to 1. But if Carolina really believes that C.J. Stroud is the guy, and Frank Wright, Josh uh, McCown, and – Jim Caldwell all believe that they can work with this guy, then I, I just don't see like it doesn't matter the package because you found the franchise quarterback. Obviously, if it doesn't work out, hindsight's 2020, that trade was awful. But if it works out, no one's going to remember this trade. The only, and I think that that's the most important thing is you have to hit on this, which will bring some pressure, but it, that's what it's going to, that's what happens when you're the number one pick. You're going to add pressure. So I, I think it can be great. A great trade for the Panthers, but that's just the price you pay for trading up. Yeah, and I know this is the take that everyone listens to us for, but if if the quarterback the Panthers draft is good and works out, it'll be a good trade. And if he doesn't, then it right. sucks. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, that's all it it, it is. <laughs> it's a big swing, a hundred percent. Like I, I agree, uh, I'm, we're on the same page on this one. Like uh, it, they gave up a ton. Uh, I, I do agree with that, and it, it could hurt them. Now, now, one thing that the Panthers do have, despite all the draft picks and the number one receiver they gave up, which is uh, an interesting part of this, but in terms of the draft capital, they do still have a second-round pick this year. They have their own. The, the, the one they traded, like I said, was from San Francisco. They do have some extra draft capital from the McCaffrey trade, so that, that helps mitigate it a bit. They still gave up a lot, of course, but – uh, I mean, like, like you said, it just the, the, if the quarterback works out, nobody's going to care. It, it wasn't quite the same situation, but the Bears themselves, who have Justin Fields, they traded with the Giants to get him at number 11 a couple of years ago. And he he's shown some flashes. The, the, the jury's not 100 percent like he, the jury's still out on him for now. But there's talent there. And if Justin Fields truly does become a franchise guy, which definitely could happen, they've tried to improve the offensive line. They got him some weapons then nobody's going to give a shit what they gave up. Huh. I, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's all that You're only going to think about the quarterback. At the end of the day, I think this trade, like you, your situation, uh, Fields Giants, it mattered more about the Giants because got the first round picks for. So I think it matters more about that. 
Hundred percent, and now and it's and now it's important for the Bears who have been very active, by the way, in the start of free agency. Like they are being very aggressive, trying to upgrade their roster. It needs some help. E- even with this, I, I think there's definitely an opportunity for the Bears to take a solid leap in year one. I, I uh, a year one of this process next year, but I, I do think that. I think it would take them a second year before they're playoff contenders. But as I say that out loud, the NFC is very wide open and not great at the moment. So who the hell knows? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, obviously in terms of the trade with the, with the bears specifically, I think it, uh, okay. So I think they got a lot for it. So the trade itself, I like the trade. It was a safe move. It was probably the right move. Would I have done it? No. But, um, and I'll explain why here in a second, but in terms of the trade, yes, they'll go back only to pick nine. They can still get maybe Jalen Carter that's going to fall because of his off the field issue and his poor pro day today that I've been reading. Mm-hmm. Um, then, or maybe an offensive tackle. Then you get a first round next year for, for probably a very bad Panthers team next year, most likely, because they don't have um, great talent around whoever the quarterback will be. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to fields the guy and, I think the problem is if Fields is not the guy because the jury's still out, we don't know, and you give him the talent and we find out he is not the guy, you are stuck exactly where you were four or five years ago, and then you have to go through another rebuild. What? And for me, if I was Poles and the new head coach and I didn't draft Fields and I just was iffy about Fields, and I truly believed C.J. Stroud Bryce Young was the guy and would be better than Fields, I would have traded Fields. Because you would have more years to still grow with the new quarterback. And then you can rebuild around that. And you give yourself, as pull for Poles and Eberflutes, more years to rebuild and build a team. Now you are putting all your chips on fields. And if it doesn't work out, your butt's going to be gone. And there's no way around it. I hope Fields is going to be really good. I think he's shown a lot of flashes. My worry is him as a passer. I I went to the Eagles Bears game. I know it was freezing cold, but it just he is so off on his passing and his timing. It is hard to watch sometimes. And he also made the comment how he doesn't like playing the cold. He prefers indoor. It's just the little things that I've seen with Fields that I don't believe he's the Bears guy. But I mean, if you build the team around him, I think you can win games in a very poor NFC and a wide open NFC North next year. I mean, first of all, I hear some similarities to Mar there in terms of you trust him more as a runner than a passer. One right. thing that makes Fields unique is like, the, the Bears cleaned house with a new coach in front office last year. But that new regime did not draft Justin Fields. And so they're not necessarily married to him. And you said if if you're not sold, you wouldn't be uh, hesitant to draft someone else. I think the most recent example we've seen of that was the Cardinals. They drafted Josh Rosen in 2018. Obviously not a great year for him there. But then the Cardinals cleaned house and then they drafted Kyler Murray first overall the next season. Like I think that's the last time we've seen something like that in terms of two straight drafted quarterbacks. Am I forgetting something? I I mean, for recent memory, that's what I remember. I mean, and in fairness, like, it technically did work out for the Cardinals. I mean, they signed up their franchise guy. Kyler Murray's a solid quarterback. They went to the playoffs with him. Maybe Cliff wasn't the guy, and obviously Kyle is no longer there, but they found the franchise guy. Um, whether you believe in Kyler or not, I mean, he is a solid quarterback. So I think that if I was Pulse and I was 
Zebraflus, I would have taken a swing and traded because you would have got a good haul for Fields for his talent. I would have taken the swing on Young or Stroud over um, Justin Fields personally. Interesting. I, just, I, I think, think you would have given me more time as a GM or coach to build the team rather than it's let's be honest it's the bears fans are very dedicated and it's now or never um it's going to be there maybe have a year or two to kind of watch but if they don't see improvement next year the year after those two are going to be gone pools and eberflus yeah no, I, I think it's very possible I, I i get what you're saying like i do still think if they do think they can make it work for fields if they can get him better weapons which they're trying to do with more and claypool to a lesser extent they're trying to improve their offensive line then, and that they can build around him, then I, if that's the case, they made a good move here, getting a, a good haul and a legitimate number one wide receiver from Carolina in return. The NFC North itself, like I, I think we could say Detroit is trending up. Uh, Minnesota is kind of a wild card. And Green Bay, who's go, going, it sounds like Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, they're most likely going to trend down, right? Right. So I think the Bears have room in the very open NFC to maybe still wild card this year. They will have the room. They will have a solid defense. You know, you, you just signed Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards. You're most likely going to get either uh, maybe a Jalen Carter in the draft, or you get a tackle. You get DJ Moore to help out. You traded for Chase Claypool last year. You're trying to build an offense around Justin Fields, and I'm all for that. It's just your time frame to kind of make a winning team is going to be shorter with fields rather than maybe trading weight fields and taking another uh, quarterback instead. Yeah, I do see where you're coming from with that. And then real quick, you mentioned that the, the pick that they're getting in next year's draft from the Panthers could be really high. Now the Panthers could theoretically, if their quarterback has some success as a rookie, I could see them winning their very weak NFC South because like now the Saints got Derek Carr, who's the only established quarterback in the division right now. Atlanta is a a complete wild card. Tampa Bay doesn't have Tom Brady anymore. I know they signed Baker Mayfield today, but I, I think that division is truly wide open right now, the NFC South. So if the Panthers were the team to come out of it, then the pick would be a little bit lower. It'd be like 19th at best. Right, and you have a weak division, so they might get a few wins, so it might be in the teams again. So, I mean, obviously we would think that the Panthers would be um, a top-five pick, but we just saw the Jags just were his first pick last year, two years in a row. Just went to the playoffs and won a game and almost won the second game at Kansas City. I mean, this happens. I mean, Andrew Luck, when he came in first year, went to the playoffs. It it happens. Some breaking news here. You mentioned the Bengals. I'm uh, I'm looking at my phone here. They just signed Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, big four-year contract. Good move. That's a good move. I mean, obviously they need to shore up their offensive line. So big time, man. I like what they're doing with Joe Bur- uh, to protect them. They're really showing that they really want to protect Joe Burrow, and they really care. And they should do so, that. Yeah, and. Um, I know Cincinnati has always been known to be a cheaper franchise and always tried to just draft and not go for big free agents. But you know what they did last year with Kappa and what was the other one? Lyle uh, Collins. Lyle Collins, yep. And then now with Orlando Brown, that's great signs. And great they drafted things. Jackson Carmen. Like they're, they're at least trying to protect him. Yes, and I'd love, I'd love to see that. Um, now, real quick, uh, yeah, I, I just I figured I'd mention it because I got that 
notification like as we're recording here it's wednesday night but uh now uh, i wanted to talk about some of the quarterbacks who uh, besides the the one who's presumably getting drafted by carolina who have been uh, moving around here in the offseason i think the most interesting one so far or at least one of them would be Derek carr signing a four-year deal with the saints got 150 million 100 million of that is guaranteed and for what it's worth to you Jameis winston is staying in new orleans as the backup there have been a lot of moving parts with uh, backups around the league but winston won't be one of them what do you think of that move for new orleans can i ask something and we can come right back to this sure um regarding with the bears do you think fields is the guy or would you have done the trade with the panthers or would you have traded fields i mean if you were the gm what would you do because i didn't really get to hear your what would you do in that situation yeah i'm i'm kind of on the fence there like normally i have a little bit more conviction i i thought fields did show some legitimate ability where you could win with him if you put a better team around him and the bears have had so much of a deficiency so i i think i i like that okay he showed some clear improvement in his second year compared to his first and that we're going to give him a chance especially while he's still on a rookie contract because if he doesn't work out and the bears flop they're going they would have two most likely higher first round picks next year and if they wanted to get a quarterback in 2024 they're more than able to do so no, I completely understand. I understand both sides. So like, I completely like understand what the Bears did there. I just would have done it differently, just me personally. But I, I mean, like we said, Fields has shown a lot of flashes. I mean, he has shown that he can make plays. You just got to see what he can do with the full team. Yep. And I, I like I, I think I like that he is going to get an opportunity with at least a, a an attempt to build a competent team because the Bears have been, uh, how do we put this, uh, poorly run for as long as I can remember. It's been a while. I mean, you don't think of the Bears. I mean, when's the last time they had a good offense? Well, with Jay Cutler and Mark Trussman? Yeah, yeah, they had some. They had some good statistics back then. Like, what was that? Was that when they had Brandon Marshall or Alshon Jeffrey or anything? Matt Forte. Yeah, Matt Forte. You got Brandon Marshall. What was Alshon Jeffrey? Yeah, they had a really good Greg Olson. Yeah, they had a yeah. I Greg Olson turning into a broadcasting legend. But yeah, um, that's that's where I'm at with that now. But yeah, I, I think it's a fair question. But uh, I just wanted to transition on here before we spend too much time on it. Uh, so uh, talk about some of the movement and free agency. Go back to Derek Carr. What'd you think of that? Um, I thought it was very, I mean, safe for the Saints. I I like Derek Carr. I think he's a good quarterback. I think you're in a weak division, a weak NFC. You can make some noise, maybe. I don't think of them as a Super Bowl team, obviously. And I think that's the goal at the end of the day. I really think that the Saints are just treading water. I think they just I, – I, I don't know um, with the Saints. Um, this whole – kind of reminds me of the Colts. After losing Drew Brees, you're just kind of getting better and after better and after better. But I, I, I think they can win the division. And maybe win a playoff game or two, but I don't see anything further than that. I mean, they have a solid roster. I like Dennis Allen as a coach. I think he's a really good defensive mind. Obviously, there's familiarity with the Raiders and Derek Carr. So I, I think Derek Carr will do some good things. He got some good weapons around him. I, I just don't see anything past maybe a 10 or 11 win team, maybe. And then maybe a one win playoff game, home playoff game. That's not I it. think that would be their absolute ceiling, too, because I, I, I still I think they could only get to 10 or 11 wins because of how weak their division is. Like if it weren't for that, I think they're more of a seven, eight, nine win team. Yeah. And so like, I, I just think you're just at this point treading water with this team. And I just don't see a scenario where like 
yeah, you're going to win some games and be in contention for playoff, maybe get a wild card, win the division. Who knows? Yeah, you always, like, be a decent team. But, I, I like, do you really think you can win with Derek Carr? I just – he's the only one in the playoffs. I mean, he only the playoffs once. I mean, he got hurt in the other. Yeah, I felt bad for him that year. Yeah. No, that was because they had a really good year that year. But um, I, I just haven't seen him with Derek Carr. I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's anything special. Yeah, I mean, like New Orleans is interesting. Like I like Chris Olave. They're they're we'll see if Michael Thomas ever stays on the field consistently. Or they're they're bringing him back. Offensive line wise, like they they have Ryan Ramchick and and Trevor Penning. They drafted last year. Like I mean, there there's at least some investments there. The defense is interesting because I, I think a lot of it's aging. I would say, they, and they just lost Marcus Davenport in free agency. Like I just see them as a very kind of stuck in the middle team. I think the Vikings. No way. I think. Let me look. I might have that. I didn't even know that. Yep. It went to the Vikings. One-year deal. And uh, but I know this is completely separate, but I feel like you'd uh, be interested in it. I got a notification that uh, in the World Baseball Classic, Edwin Diaz got hurt in the celebration, and he's grabbing his right knee, not putting any weight on his legs. So that might hurt the Mets. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So it, it kind of like just reading it kind of reminds me of that. I think it was Kendry Morales who like broke his leg celebrating on home plate a while back, but um, I remember Team Dramatica doing that after a game-winning field goal. Yeah, yep. Actually, you know what? No, the best part of that was that it was a first-quarter field goal. Oh, was it really? Yeah, I think I, I swear I think that was a first-quarter field goal for yeah, yeah back. I think he was on Dallas back then, and he got hurt celebrating a first-quarter field goal. Huh. I always thought the way he celebrated was a game winner. <laughs> it was just an assumption. That's what I thought, but and I think I, I think I read on YouTube that that was wrong. But now going back to football here, uh, or going back to quarterbacks, I guess that's football. But so, Car New Orleans. Uh, what do you think of Jimmy Garoppolo going to Vegas? Similar to Derek Carr, I mean, I think you can win games with Jimmy G. I think you can make an argument Jimmy G's better than Derek Carr. You can make an argument Derek Carr's better than Jimmy G. I think they're pretty much close to being the same. I mean, Jimmy G's done more playoff success wise. But I think it's also had a lot better team around him and a better coach over his career than what Derek Carr's ever had in uh, for the Raiders. But in terms of the team, I think they can win some games, maybe sneak into a plus one seed. I mean, you, you got talent. You got Josh Jacobs, a decent offensive line. Um, you got Devontae Adams. You got um, – you just signed Jacoby Myers, who will fit McDaniel's system because he's familiar with it. And then you also got Hunter Renfro. I, I think they got a solid offense. I mean, Jimmy G's used to McDaniel's offense, so I think it'll be a quick transition for him. Um, obviously, their defense is a complete mess, but I think Jimmy G will win some games, and they can maybe slide into a playoff spot. But – the AFC is stacked. So I guess that's the only comparison for, I think the Saints and the Raiders are very similar in terms of a team, but I think the NFC South is obviously way weaker than the AFC West. So I think you're I way, think the, way weaker. So I think the, so I think the Saints are in a better position than the Raiders, but I think their teams are eerie similar. 
Yeah, I think I'm a little bit lower on the Raiders than you are, but I definitely see where you're coming from. And the other thing for me is just Garoppolo had such an amazing system in San Francisco and playmakers in place. And uh, I do think he's downgrading a bit in those regards in Vegas. Like there is, there's still a ton of talent on offense. I mean, Devontae Adams, especially hell of a player. They get Josh Jacobs back, but the offensive line isn't as good. And I don't think the uh, play calling is going to be as creative as it was in San Francisco. I mean, that's fair. I still think McDaniel's a good play caller, though. I think at the end of the day, he's really good offensively. I think he's a good head coach. No. But do I think he's a really good offense coordinator? Yeah, I think he's a very solid offense coordinator that would do some good things. I think a lot of it is stuff is very complicated. So I think Derek Carr took time to get used to the system. And I just think they just butted heads. So he just wanted someone that would listen and uh, do it how he McTaylor's wants it done. And I think they can do okay. Seven, eight, maybe nine, if pushing it, get sneaking a playoff game. Who knows? But I think that's not it. Yeah, no, I, I get you there. I mean, I, I would still say that they're at best the third best team in their division and, and who the hell knows with Denver. So and, and who've been very active in free agency, by the way, there have been about a bunch of backups who have moved over like, I mean, uh, Andy Dalton, to Carolina, Sam Darnold, to San Francisco, Taylor Heineke to Atlanta, a bunch of those. I, I'm not I'd rather not talk about those now. I know we're, we're going to do a bigger free agency episode this upcoming weekend that'll be out next week. I think the other one that's worth talking about, even though it's not official yet, is Aaron Rodgers coming out and saying that he wants to play for the New York Jets next season, assuming that does actually get done. And I have no doubt that it will. What do you think of that move for the Jets? So, okay. Do you think it's weird that Aaron Rodgers complained about not having enough talent that brings the exact talent he had in Green Bay over to New York? Is yeah, that just me? Alan Lazard already signed there. It sounds like Randall Cobb or Mercedes Lewis might be coming with him. And the other thing I want to mention real quick is just uh, how uh, how funny this is to me that he's following the Brett Favre career arc. And like some of some listeners might not know that I lived in Wisconsin for a couple of years when Brett Favre was the quarterback, at, like right at the end of his tenure there. And I remember very well, like when he uh, the the saga, Rogers sat behind him. He eventually goes to the Jets, and now Jordan Love is sitting behind Rogers, who's eventually going to the Jets. And and that's a circus too. And like the the only uh, the only thing Rogers has to do to complete the Brett Favre career arc is like he 15 years as Green Bay quarterback year with New York becomes more of an asshole as his career progresses. All he has to do next is spend a couple of years in Minnesota and commit some welfare fraud. I would love that. And you know, not the welfare fraud. Just going to Minnesota. <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean, we can already pencil in that Jordan Love is going to be with the Jets in like 15, 16 years, right? It's just what Green Bay does. <sighs> no, honestly, at this rate, then Jordan Love's the next Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's going to be a great quarterback. He's got to be. They're following the pattern. It really is. Um, but with the Jets, I, I think it's obviously they're going to make a huge upgrade. But I will say, Zach Wilson said that he's going to make whoever vets coming in their life a living hell. So welcome to hell, Aaron. I, I mean, does that mean he's going to Aaron's fuck a little scared. Mom? <laughs> yeah, does that mean he's going to fuck Aaron Rodgers' mom when he get when she gets there? I mean, I, how else is he going to make his life hell? That would be my worry. I'll be freaking out. So yeah, I, I understand. I I, I have to take Zach Wilson on this one. Obviously, I'm a Giants fan, but being a New Yorker at heart and knowing people back there, some of whom are Jets fans, um, the year that Brett Favre was with the Jets was a circus, not just for the retirement saga and his up and down play on the field, but of course, the dick pic he sent to the Jets staffer or whatever. Um, 
Yeah, that would have been a huge deal in Green Bay. It was an even bigger deal in New York. Now, I don't see Rodgers doing that, but we all know how weird and uh, strange he can be with the darkness retreat and all that shit. And the, the New York media is just going to eat that up. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is, he is one strange dude. But hey, if it worked for him, I guess. It, Get him some psychedelics or whatever the hell he's having now. Rodgers is 30 oh, you know years old. Psychedelics. You know it. I mean, if that worked, I mean, hopefully he had a what epiphany to where he was going to New York and win the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, I mean, he, I guess I, I'm hoping he picked the wrong New York team to do it with, but yeah, that's just that's just me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think he'll be good in New York. I I think it's going to take time. Oh, so I think the problem is he's in a very stacked division. I mean, the end of the day, Patriots are going to be a solid team. I mean, they're going to be a decent team. Then you got Miami making uh, moves and going to get better with Mike McDaniels, their uh, head coach for the second year. And you still got the Bills. You got, I mean, the Bills. Right. Yes, I think I think the Bills have stayed the same team for four straight years and haven't done anything to improve the last like, three years. But they're still at the top of the AFC East, regardless. So I I think and how stacked the AFC is around them. I think. Aaron Rodgers is going to be in a tough spot in New York at the end of the day. And with that media, it, it, they're going to expect su- like close to a Super Bowl right off the bat because you saw what Matt Stafford did. You saw what Tom Brady did. They're mm-hmm. going to expect that with uh, with the Jets and that media and the talent around Aaron Rodgers. I get it. But when you're a new quarterback going to a new system, it's going to take time. I get it. Nathaniel Hackett's there, so he's used to the system. But everything else around him is going to be brand new. New wide receivers, the chemistry, everything. And I think it's just going to take time. So it might not be what everyone thinks it's going to be uh, year one. I get that. I mean, I think part of it also is the Jets. Uh, now, they have a, a, a very interesting fan base. I mean, I think they're they're pretty funny to listen to most of the time. But I think some of it's also impatience. They're starving for a playoff appearance. They have the longest playoff drought in the league. They haven't got in since 2010 with Mark Sanchez. That feels like an absolute lifetime ago to me. I don't know about you. Right, and I think that they should make the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers. There's a full expectation of the playoffs, but anything further, and maybe a steal a win there, but I think anything further, I just I would pump the brakes on. I mean, hey, he wasn't able to make the playoffs with the, with the Packers this past year. You, you just you never know, right? It, right. It, he's getting older. I think the the upside is less than it was a few years ago. And I, I mean, it's going to be an interesting fit. But I just I don't see I, I don't see this turning into a championship team or anything. Now, I do think he will love having Garrett Wilson to throw to on top of the veterans he's bringing with him from Green Bay. Like it's not like the Jets don't have any talent here, and I, I they're trying with the offensive line if they can get Mackay Becton healthy and Elijah Vera Tucker and all that. If Brees Hall can come back healthy, and there's a lot of talent on the Jets defense. That's 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 the biggest difference between them and Green Bay right now, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I think they're a well-rounded team. They're going to be a really good roster. It's just, I I mean, you have you're going to have a very tough schedule and. Right. It's just you had to play Josh Allen twice. You had to play Tua twice. I mean, Great nights at Tua, but Miami team. And then you still got to play against Bill Belichick twice. Um, and then you still probably have to play. I mean, I don't, I don't know the schedule, but you might have to play the Chiefs, Chargers. You, like, you, there's a bunch of different like teams you're gonna have to end up playing. The Bengals, maybe the Steelers. Like, it's just gonna be tough. I'm with you. I think it'll be interesting to watch. I mean, I, I think it, it's I'm happy for Jordan Love that he's finally getting a chance to play just because he was a first round pick that sat out for three years. And I don't know if there's been a quarterback that's done that since Aaron Rodgers himself. Yeah, I mean, I mean, back in like way back, I mean, that's how they used to do things in first uh, first round quarterbacks. You would sit for a year or two. 
Now, Devin Holmes sat for a year. I mean, going back before that, Carson Palmer sat for a year. Lamar Jackson, we mentioned earlier. But Michael Vick sat for a year, I'm pretty sure. I'd have um, to look that up. I didn't honestly know that. I think he did um, sit for a year. Um, I mean, it's just very normal to sit for a year most of the time um, back then. But, um, I mean, nowadays, you don't really have time to wait. No, I get it. I get it. And it, it's uh, it's an instant gratification kind of world. And uh, one other thing I wanted to mention here real quick is in addition to all these free agent signings, and there, there's been a flurry. We mentioned some quarterbacks. Uh, the running back market's been really interesting with uh, just as a, uh, to mention real quick, like Miles Sanders to Carolina, David Montgomery to Detroit, uh, Jamal Williams to New Orleans, Rashad Penny to Philly. You get the idea. Yeah, we, we already mentioned Zeke won't be in Dallas anymore. But how about some of these trades? I think the three biggest names I've seen that aren't quarterbacks would, would, would got to be Jalen Ramsey to Miami, Darren Waller to the Giants, and Stephon Gilmore to the Cowboys. Yeah, I think they're uh, solid trades uh, overall. I think Jalen Ramsey deserved to leave L.A. Um, I think they're kind of rebuilding at this point. I don't know. I think the Rams need to rebuild at this yeah, point. Yeah, they're really super- weird. Yeah, they're really it- weird. They are, but I'm not criticizing. They got their championship. That's the goal. You deal with any bullshit happens after. Yeah, and like I think that trade with the Lions was a win-win. You won the Super Bowl, and the Lions have gotten better because of it. So I think at the end of the day, it was a win-win for both. Um, um, But you had to get rid of Ramsey. The defense for Miami was horrid. Um, So you add a top corner. um, So that's a good sign. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, I mean – the uh, Trayvon Diggs needed another outside corner because the number two corner of the Dallas was terrible. I, I can argue Trayvon Diggs isn't that great. I think he's a very, he's very jumpy. He likes to bite on those double moves a lot. He likes to get the picks, you know, he likes to, and then he gets burned sometimes because of, because of it. He's a solid corner, but I think he's very risky, um, but they needed someone else on the outside to help him. Um, so Stefan was a very good pickup. And then what's what was the other one? Uh, Darren Waller to the Giants. Oh, your team. Uh, yeah, I thought that was amazing for the Giants. I think um, you get another weapon that Dale Jones needs weapons. And I know they haven't really signed any wide receivers so far, but getting a tight end, a very talented tight end that has the injury bug a little bit, but at the price he gave him up, which was the Caradarius Tony third round pick that he got from him. I thought it was a very good trade. I mean, he pretty much just traded Tony for Waller straight up. So I think that was a very fair trade. Uh, I like it. Um, Raiders, I don't really understand it unless McDaniels doesn't like using tight ends, which makes no sense because you I don't think he was using Waller like to, to the best of like the, the way to maximize Darren Waller uh, from what I, everything I understood. And then you hear that thing about how McDaniels accidentally spoiled that Waller got married and like they traded him right after. And then the, the WNBA player that Waller got married to was like, yeah, he's probably just salty because he didn't get invited to the wedding. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I think it's, it's I actually funny. really like the Waller move. Like I know your favorite thing to do is talk about the Giants, but the um I, I really like it because not only I know we haven't really made a receiver move yet, but the wide receiver market is very bad, both free agency and the draft overall, right? It's a weak class there. And getting a tight end who I think it's a really savvy move because uh, there have been rumors about him moving on from the Raiders for a while, even after the contract he signed. And if he doesn't work out, the Giants can get out of his contract with no guaranteed money after every single season of his deal. 
after this upcoming one. So, and I, I think Dable will know how to use him, uh, be really creative with him and Bellinger, especially in the red zone. I, I think that's a solid pair of tight ends. And I, I don't think the Giants are done with skill positions, but I like that. I did not have that move on my radar. I think it speaks to how seriously the Giants are trying to contend now in comparison to two years past. And I, I, the injuries are a concern. Agreed. But I'm, I'm excited about what he can do for us. I just can't believe you say you like your Giants move. That's yeah, a it's, new it's, thing. It's, it's weird. It's very weird. But uh, yeah. we got a, a couple minutes left in the uh, in the meeting that we're recording on right here. So uh, th- that was the crux of it. Uh, I, I know that the linebackers like Tremaine Edmonds and Bobby Okereke and David Long, TJ Edwards have all signed. But I'd rather save that for when, uh, when we record uh, our next episode myself. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, we uh, did we want to give our final fours real quick with March Madness starting up? Yes. Do you want to start that? So I've only done one bracket so far. So uh, I'm just going to give you the final four I did on that one particular bracket. I don't feel great about this, but here we go. I got Alabama, Purdue, UCLA, and Texas. All right. I'm bad. I, uh, my, I've done two brackets. I'll just give you my main one. I mean, I can give you both if you want, but I'll just give the main. Um, I got Alabama. I got Marquette, mm. Texas, and Gonzaga. Ooh, the one year Gonzaga is kind of flying under the radar. Yeah, I think they're really peaking at the right time. So I think they're going to make a deep run. Um, and then I have Alabama versus Texas, and Alabama winning it all. Roll Tide. Now, yeah, any listeners who don't know that you are an Alabama fan for college sports. So good luck to you. I, I do. I think they got a shot. I will just see if uh, Brandon Miller can silence some more crowds. Brandon Miller with the silencer. What a freaking call that was. That was his <laughs> worst timing ever. One of my favorite things I've ever heard. It was just, it was just great. But uh, yeah, they got a hell of a team. Any of our listeners who d- don't know that we're more than just football fans. Hell, football's not even my favorite sport. Yeah, I mean, football is mine, but uh, yeah, I love, I mean, March Madness is one of my favorite, if not my favorite time of the year. I love the Thursday and Friday, the first two days. It's, okay. it is crazy. I, I, I love it. And the conference tournaments, I, I love too. And you have the games all day, all week mm-hmm. like that, even more than the two days, I think are great. And, and then uh, this year lining up with, uh, with St. Patrick's Day on Friday. And uh, I, I'm sure mm-hmm. we're planning on drinking a lot of cold green beers. At Deer Park. Oh my God, Beer Park. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been about 25 minutes since I threw a pun in there. So I just, I felt like I had to, but yeah. I'm, I, and anyone who's out there listening, uh, you're welcome to come out with us, uh, but whatever you guys end up doing for it, make sure you, you're safe and responsible, but yeah, go out, have a good time. It's one of the most fun days of the year for me in terms of you, you got March Madness all day. You can go out, socialize, get a bunch of drinks. I think it's fucking awesome. Drug podcast. Oh, I mean, Hey, we're hot takes and cold beers. I mean, you, you remember those, <laughs> A couple where I cracked one uh, while talking about something that stressed me out. So you, you never yeah. know, right? I, I like the idea. I think we might have to try it. I mean, I, I'm willing to, as long as we're all recording, like we're all safe at our homes when we're recording that one. But I think oh, it would be really fun. Of course, that's the most important thing. Of course. But uh, th- that's all I have for this week. So, uh, Nick, again, I wanted to thank you for coming on, filling in for Blake for us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, love coming on. Love talking about football with you. And I just want to make one thing clear. I know Blake as a center was the great greatest, but I just want to let the listeners know he is like Tro- Troy Palomalu 
at freaking defense. Dude's diving everywhere, got a pick, hair's flowing everywhere. It, it was just a beautiful sight. So me, his center wasn't his calling. But if you need a true safety all-around player, he's your guy. I like it. I like it. I mean, you said the hair flowing. Does he look like me when I have the headband on? Hey, but you, the headband's different. It's like, you know, like LeBron with the mask is like a whole different player. That's mm. you with the headband. Yeah, headband swig is just a legend yeah. in the in the local community. It's just, it's a different player. Like, you, there's levels. And yeah, just, if you're playing at maximum level, you might hit headband swig. <laughs> that's what I like to hear but uh, that's all I have for this week so we hope everyone enjoyed I uh, want to thank everyone for tuning in if you have any feedback for us please make sure to let us know on uh, we're, uh, don't forget to follow our social media pages on Twitter and Instagram at take a swig pod and to rate review subscribe to this show on your favorite podcast platform right on Spotify Apple and Google Play for now share it with anyone who you know who uh, is interested in all this and the free agency and the, and the Bears Panthers trade all of it we're, we, we'd love to get some more feedback we're going to have some more guests on and we'll be back next week with an episode uh even more recapping free agency as a whole instead of some of the franchise tag and the trade stuff but it's an exciting time of year with all the offseason stuff and uh once uh, we recap more of that we'll be back with a lot of nfl draft episodes i know i'm excited for that and i know nick you are too oh we'll love to come back just let me know i love the draft you know i'm going to only six weeks away, man. It's a great time of the year for sports. Got March Madness, the hockey and NBA playoff chases, and then the playoffs start. Uh, all the and baseball is about to start. It's it's a fun time of the year, so I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah, me too. Um, just let me know when you need me back. Yeah, I'm I'm always ready and available when needed. Um, excited for Blake to come back too. I know he really wants to be a part of this, so um, excited. Yep. We miss you, Blake, but uh, the, thanks for filling in again, again, Nick. That's all I got. So thanks to everyone for tuning in. For Nick, this is Swig signing off, and we will be back next week.